Before part one of Coach to Coach, Jesse spoke about protests that are going on around the world. These protests were sparked by the murder of George Floyd. But in reality, we know that the issues involved started a long time ago. Equality, racial equality, gender equality, the need to change our policing, uh, these are all issues that require our attention right now. LAFC was built from the ground up. We had people inside the organization long before there was a team, long before there was a coach that went out into each neighborhood and met with leaders, community leaders, neighborhood leaders, church leaders, to make sure that our club represented what they're all about. In these important times, we need to make sure that these grassroots efforts are stronger than ever. We need to make sure that we listen, that we educate, and that we find ways for change. Uh, Jesse spoke about voter registration. Uh, that's an area where certainly inside our communities we can make a difference. Uh, in Los Angeles, two of the greatest voices in the last weeks have spoken loud and clear. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Lisa Leslie. Uh, their thoughts, their ideas fit so well with everything that LAFC wants to be about. And I hope that as you watch part two of Coach the Coach, you also think about the kind of discussions that you can be part of to bring reform and make sure that we are all working in the right way together. Thank you. Let's get a little bit into football. Okay. Um, details. You know, there are things that LAFC does that would fit with things that Red Bull Salzburg does, mm -hmm. right? You know, for that matter, you said it earlier, there were things that the national team did that would fit, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think we've always had ideas of, of now, look, uh, let's, let's take a, like a detail for a second. With the national team, we used to talk about the importance of, of closing down and how the best way to win the ball was through interceptions. Mm -hmm. And now how interceptions could be used in a way in transition that really made a difference. If I understand some of the Red Bull words, you'll talk sometimes about forechecking in terms of being really aggressive in those moments of intercepting. Yeah. Do I have that right or... Yeah, I mean, we, you know, there's, you know, in the different phases of the games, there's, there's different things that we have to try to incorporate into, into what we're trying to do when we're pressing or counter pressing or, you know, and, and then, you know, at any moment we have the ball, we're almost talking about three areas. So there's the area immediately around the ball. There's the area that's more like 10 to 30 meters around the ball. And then there's the area that's a little bit more. There's principles of timing of attacking the ball, uh, you know, the ball orientation part of everyone really sprinting and moving together to close spaces down. Um, and then the behaviors, depending on how, you know, how close you are to the man with the ball and how close you are to the options for the man with the ball and where we position ourselves. So, you know, we would say always get as close as you can, get your hands on the man, pressure the ball, go to win the ball. We use the, phrases. The first guy. Yes. Yeah. We use so, so that, you know, that's different than us. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm just saying that's what, but we would talk about that even in Chicago, right? About not giving time on the ball, taking away space. Yeah. Yeah. Closing down hard. Yes. 
Yes. You know, putting that, putting that guy under pressure, not letting him do what he wants to do. I would go to bed at night hearing your voice in my head about these things. So. Right. <laughs> um, the first stage is that you have to be effective at attacking the ball. And once you can do that effectively, then you can create the kind of habits so that when the player doesn't have time and space to get his head up and to look for big balls or big switches, then you can put the other players in positions so that they can eliminate passing lanes and be thinking about stepping in front of players and not worried so much about the spaces behind. We, we had a good meeting last year at one point, and I was trying to... I may have know, seen it. Was it, in the, was it in the documentary? No, the, the, well, I, I got into it a little bit. But, about every guy getting beat too easy. Yeah, well, that, that, one, that one was in. But the team meeting that they didn't show, which actually would have been a good moment, was I asked our team who the most important guy was when it came to counterpressing. Yeah. All right? So if I asked you... On LAFC, who's the most important guy when it comes to counterpressing? What would you say? I mean, uh, Anthony Kay or Latif or what do you – I mean, it's got to be one of those middle guys. So, obviously, those guys are incredibly important. But as a way of making a bigger point, what I said to them was the most important guy was Carlos. Okay. And so what I'm trying to get across to these guys, and of course it's my way of raising the bar for Carlos, is that when we get into the attacking part of the field, either Carlos is dribbling or we're trying to play passes to Carlos. So more often than not, when we lose the ball, the closest guy to the ball is Carlos. So if he doesn't do shit, then the rest of talking about counterpressing doesn't matter. Now, once we've got him on board, you know, and and it's funny with this last dance that now we all watch, yeah, which awesome. you know in 98 when that was happening with the fire, the one thing I can remember saying to you guys is, hey, look, Pippen and Jordan are not only the two best players, they're the two best defensive players. So, <laughs> so when you can impress upon your really good players the responsibilities that they have in some moments, and so, so when we were trying to get across to our guys' counterpressing, we were trying to make sure that, look, Carlos, if you do something right there, then Latif and Mark and these others, that's when their ability to be part of it with you makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, obviously the best players when they have – I mean, Peter was, was a great captain that way, right? He was, he was always the hardest worker. So shadows, isn't that, yeah. isn't that really about – passing lanes and keeping track of more than one thing? The, sh- the shadow is often a help for the players that aren't pressing, right? So if, I, if you have the ball and I'm going to close you down, and theoretically the closer I get to you, the, the bigger my shadow gets, it's easier for the other players to predict where the next play or pass might go and start to position themselves in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Now, it's always possible that you can play through my legs or you yeah, know, come some up with a bounce. Club. Way. But, you know, for us, like Bob, even when I heard you yelling at guys about getting beat too easily, obviously, no, you can't have, you can't, your, your best pressing players have to be your attacking players, right? I mean, because that's the way you're rewarded the most in scoring goals is from pressing is, is when you're winning the most balls up the field. That are around the ball. The thing that we do so or focus on constantly is that it's not just the first guy, but that 
everybody comes with. And, and we want the guy who goes and attacks the ball to take risks and try to win it, but trust that if he gets beat, that we're all coming with him. Right. That, that's a big piece of the puzzle is that is it's like, I had uh, I had some coach ask me like, okay, how do you create trust in the team and belief that I said, it's in the, it's, it's not when you're saying, how do you create this all the buy-in for me, the buy-in isn't about the mental part of, of wanting to play that way. It's the details of making sure that the support system is, is what it needs to be so that the players feel freedom and feel stronger by, by the connection with each other. And that's, that's, listen, Bob, this is with the ball, without the ball, defensive transition, offensive transition, set pieces, whatever you do, the more clear the plan is, then the, the, the more able they are to go aggressively and execute, right? So look, we, we do all sorts of things that, that, that work on reaction. Um, you know, look, the, the one thing that we would do that I, I imagine is different is this one goes back a long ways for me. You know, when, when we were at Princeton and we changed the way we played, part of it was that like many people at that time, I think Ralph Rangnick falls into it. Jurgen Klopp talks about Wolfgang Frank. We were all influenced by Milan, okay? Mm -hmm. Because before that, so much of the football detail was one-to-one, was man-to-man, right? Individual duel. And now you saw something that was more collective, Yeah. all right? And and so what I always thought, going back to Princeton, was, well, we're pretty good at this, passing the ball, moving the ball. But when we play Dartmouth, they don't care about that. They're more direct, they play forward. They re- so I would try to say to you guys, how can we keep the things we're good at but be better at the things that they're good at, right? And, and so in some ways with every team I've worked with, I always have some bar that, you know, it, 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 at that point it could have been between the old AC Milan and, and the dream team Barcelona. Like for, for your team, where does the bar go? When I was in, in – Norway, we would constantly talk about, okay, there's Barcelona and there's Dortmund, right? What are some of the things Barcelona's good at? Well, can some of those things fit in with us? But what about the things Dortmund's good at? So we would have some parts of some days where our training would be a little bit more about how the ball moves and, and the way we receive and how do you find space and where are we positioned so that we can control the game and we can play side to side. But then we would have other days in training where now we make things more narrow, it's more vertical, where it's much more about going forward fast. And, and then what we would try to do is say, okay, How can we become as good as possible in a game as being both of those things? It's a good challenge because in some moments you're asking players to say, you know what, come on, let's go. And and we're pretty good at attacking quickly and making chances. But in other moments then saying, you know what, this time it's not the right moment. That is a a little bit of what we've tried to do where we want to go fast and be vertical and be narrow. But in other moments we say, okay, it didn't work. And now we've got to have a little bit more control until we can create the next advantage. There's, there's so many similarities and there's just subtle little things. I mean, for us, it, we really hone in on these reactions of what we do when we win the ball, what we do when we lose the ball. 
And, you know, again, the first step in my, my idea of this kind of football was working with the U S national team. And, and listen, we did versions of this in Chicago too, but with the U S national team, we had to do that. We had yeah, to be, of course. Um, yeah, but, but it's really honing in on the, on the ideas and the reaction and, and, you know, in, in training, we would talk a lot about this too, even when, when I first started coaching and talking about ideas with you is the idea of controlling time and space and, and what you do with training to, to raise the level and, you know, I, I Make always, it faster. Yeah. I, I, I say to the U S like when I'm, when I talk with coaches that, you know, the, the big excuse that everyone wants to use is, Oh, well that player should play up. I said, well, the, the, okay, I understand why they do that, but why they do that is because they're trying to create a higher level of playing so that the player adapts to the speed of play more. But that's what good coaches do, sure. right? You can do that with your U12 team, your U16 team, your professional team, whatever it is, like that's the job, right? And, and, and then, so what we do on every day is kind of work through those kinds of things and make sure that the reactions are immediate and that the concepts and the, and the ability to slow the game down in their head, but not with their feet, right? And then we supplement a lot of these ideas into the tactics of what we do and then try to, try to create our own version of controlled chaos tactically. And this is part of why we see a lot of young players grow is because when we're putting them in these you know, highly intensive training sessions where they're forced to react and think quickly and look around, then, then they, they have to adapt, you know, or they, or they, or they, or they sink. Yeah. The game so, is going fast. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big part of our philosophy of training. I mean, one thing that I end up saying to coaches and I don't know, I mean, some of this you'll agree with, but, but you may see it different. I mean, I've been so many places and I look, I see a lot of coaches here in the U S They'll work, for example, like either on attack or on defense. And for me, I, I really believe in how attack and defense go together. The ability to create game actions that go quickly from attack to defense where your starting point isn't necessarily the normal position for a left back, but your starting position is based upon where you were at the moment when the ball is lost. And, and sometimes where the opponent is. And Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so basic ideas that, that say, yeah, we play four in the back. But listen, if, if, if the left back attacks and now we lose the ball and it's five or six yards inside of him and he's the closest guy, then in that moment when he then goes to defend the ball, then, yes, the left-sided center back might have to slide out a little bit. And for that moment, you're not really playing four in the back anymore. But that's just the way good teams – Quickly. I would, I would des describe this in New York all the time is our pressing and counter-pressing and transition tactics overtake classic tactics, right? Which is the fall into the block of eight and cover the spaces or, you know, the, the, the old, you know, some of the old Milan spatial zonal defending and things like this. And, and so, yeah, I mean, and then creating the intelligence for knowing what to do when and, and what are some of the triggers and what should, you know, the connection with the next guy and what are the number situations and, and trying to create again, how much, this is where I feel like I've evolved as a coach is creating clarity and details with almost every phase of what we're trying to accomplish. And then the more that we're able to, to communicate that clearly with the players, then again, it's easy for them to understand how to play with each other. If we're going to play seven on seven some days narrow, 
um, then it might be that I still have a back three and one midfielder and, and the three attackers so that the relationship of the left back and the left attacker and the relationship of the right back and the right attacker and the front three still operating together when we lose the ball and what they do. So I, you can create a game that now creates the kind of actions that you think you are trying to make happen in the game. And then at the end of training, you see how many good ones did, did we create through training? How much video are you doing? Games, training, how much, are, you know, on a weekly basis, daily basis, how much, how much video for, for the entire team, not individually? A normal week for us is normally if we play Saturday, Sunday's off. And then on Monday, uh, when they come in, we would do a quick video review for the team of the game. How long? 30 minutes. And then what we do is, you know, we, we take everybody on the field that day. And we have a way to start up training where even the guys that have played on Saturday start up and, and we do a little, we call it shadow, but it's not really shadow because it's, it's, it's two teams against each other, but it's completely controlled. It's, in a way, it's a rehearsal of some of our ideas yeah, yeah. Where, where instead of going fast, it's actually designed to go slow so that the, the pictures of certain things are very obvious. And we just do it as a way to get everybody going for the week. What we do every day is film training. Our video guy does it with a drone. It's quite good. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and, good. and so what we're able to do then is, is normally before the staff goes home, we're looking at training from that day. And we're starting to identify things that we think are good to show players. Yeah. And so video over the next few days is – individual or group stuff yeah. where I don't do it, where Kenny, uh, Mike, and Ante now have things. And that can be from training. That can be clips from a game. That can still be where we show a player a few pl clips of a player that we think is similar to him. So that, that's done uh, over the next few days. And then obviously before a game, we do the, the presentation. Normally the day before, every now and then if we're doing tactics on minus two, We'll do a little bit of video on minus two before yeah. we work on tactics. And then we save the set piece video for the next day. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah. I mean, you know, it was interesting even when I was taking my Scottish course, right. Uh, my pro course, and then different things would come up and topics would come up in video. And like coaches would say, maybe a coach presenting or coaches in the, in the class would say, Oh, you can't show more than 15 minutes of video. It's, they, they lose their attention span. And I said, no chance. <laughs> For me, it's the, it's the best teaching tool there is, right? Like, of course, you need to work on things on the pitch, of course. And I would even talk to the, to the U.S. pro course about this because they would say, well, some players said, okay, I understand. But the video is the, the ability to, to look at things, to show what happened here, what happened there. And it's the way to create a common idea of what we're trying to accomplish. And this can, this can be everything from tactics to reactions to work ethic to commitment to each other to whatever, right? Good. But, but good example. Yeah. I mean, in, and in New York, I mean, you know, the, the people would always say the infamous long video session. Yeah. We, we, look, I say 30 minutes. We have plenty that are longer. Yeah. And, and I mean, listen, it's all, I try to always mix in a funny moment, a, a video of a guy when he was younger, something on the coaches, something, right? It's, it's just, 
to, so that they can kind of, you know, still enjoy it and to sometimes make an interaction. What do you, what interactive, what do you think here? What did you do there? You know, um, the else is sometimes are three hours. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the key to the length sometimes is the ability to splice it and put it together so that it's clean. It's sharp. Everything makes sense. The ability sure. to communicate the video. How many scenes do you show? You yeah, know, and I remember, Bob, how listen, many angles of a play? Yeah, let's go back to, um, you know, back in Chicago when you had the VHS and then you had like six times, right? It would be like, okay, 22, 24. And then we would have to zip through it and go and then stop at this time and then watch together on a small screen and and look at the details. But but then I did edits and then then look, eventually with the national team, um, I had the portable DVD player. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you, 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 yeah, the buttons are still, no, that was an important part of our work. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I, see it the so, same. I mean, in the end, I, I know that I do a lot of video, right? Um, we have really good video men here. That's something that the Red Bull people really invest in is good video analysts, good data analysts. So we do a lot of this kind of stuff that that I think, uh, and then the key is how to use it effectively to help the players and not confuse them or to make it something that is a benefit. Um, you know, but, but th- this part for me winds up being a lot of the fun is, is, is again, ironing out the details and ironing out how we do things and, and, and making sure that the clarity for every player is, is really good. I mean, again, it goes hand in hand. If you create game training sessions, that have really good game actions, then even the part where you are going through training at the end of every day for all of our staff is really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Because you are seeing the actions, the situations, uh, the moments where defenders have to leave one situation, go do something else. You are creating those kind of situations in training, and then you're seeing how the players are handling them. Yeah. And, and then you've got really good uh, material for showing them a few things. And, and, again, it can be that Kenny takes a defender and spends five minutes with him the next day, but it can be three plays from training the day before. Yeah. And, again, you know, I remember you talking at one point about creating training sessions that are good for every player within the roster and you used to use a young Clint Dency or a young Michael Bradley and how do you create sessions that honor the development paths of both. And so it's always about having the whole group and having a perspective for how to move that, the, the entire process for the group along, but also understanding the individual and how to hone in on that and make sure that they understand what the, what the next stages of their development next steps are. So yeah, Important. this is the fun. Yeah, this is yeah. the fun. Too, so. and, and look, when you create when everybody gets hooked into that and training is something that they enjoy and then, then the whole idea that when they show up every day, you know, this idea of, of work and how guys are getting better and how we become a better team, yeah, that, that is a key to the culture that you, you try to create. No doubt. No doubt. Well, good. How about you? Anything else you got to ask me here? The only thing I was going to ask is a little bit about, you know, so – Listen, I've watched about how you've done different rotations with, with your outside backs and outside midfielders and, and how you've, 
you know, um, done some things with the ball, how, how then that, that puts you in place to do some things for counter pressing. I mean, you know, obviously I've seen some different teams do this and, 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 you know, maybe take along your, you know, I mean, one of the things that I have been really impressed with even watching now LAFC and even over the two years with LAFC is your greatest quality, I think has been to evolve as a coach and evolve with the game. Um, take me behind why you felt that, specific tactical thing was going to be important for you or this this group again if we go back to to the national team right it was very important for us that when clint and landon moved inside that the outside backs moved up and wide so that now that double action creates an opening yes and it makes the defense have to deal with with Two things. So, you know, if, if Landon is playing on the right and now he starts to come into the pocket and Chirundolo moves forward, then there's a moment where the left back on the other team can't necessarily stay with Landon, mm-hmm. right? And, and so if the, the idea that then as you go forward that you create – in its simplest form, Jesse, that sometimes as one guy moves inside, one guy moves outside. When we talk about deep runs, as one guy runs through, somebody comes back. Any kind of double actions um, become imp- – the understanding of those things and rotations and double actions, that becomes the way that you start to create some, some space and some advantages. Uh, and then – um, when you have an outside back and then in certain moments, the relationship that he has with the attacking player in front of him. So we have moments when our attackers choose to stay wide mm-hmm. and then rather than necessarily have everybody stay in the same line, now sometimes for the outside back to move up and, and be inverted or move actually forward a little bit more and move our team that way and create you know, in a way you've pinned a central defender. If, you, if the right back moves high enough that for the second that, that the play is happening, the left center back has to deal with him. Mm-hmm. So you start to just pin some defenders and create some, some possibilities to play. So th- those then, are some of the ideas. And then, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll play, you know, certainly when Carlos plays as the nine, he, he almost plays like a ghost nine. When Dio plays, he plays a little bit differently in that position. What do you think you're going to get out of Bradley Wright Phillips? Or what, are you, what are you hoping for when you play him up there? Yeah, we haven't had enough time yet. Um, even Dio, and, and you remember, we used to talk to, to our strikers with the national team that I didn't want them just standing up next to the central defenders with their back to these guys. Yeah. And so the ability to come off the defenders or into their blind spots uh, I think all good strikers do that. Yeah. Um, now, there are some moments where, sure, Lewandowski for a second has his back to the guy, but when you were talking about him before, it's not that he's spending the whole game playing with his back to a defender. This is part of his idea. So even a guy like Dio moves away, and we have moments where you know, we want our, our front three to be more narrow. And now with Brad, it's just a matter of saying to him, Here's things you're good at. We've seen it. Uh, but in other moments, by just coming off a little bit and angling yourself, can we also get you on the move going forward so that we are playing balls to you in on goal? 
So yeah. trying to feel that out. That's still mm-hmm. we're still getting early him, in all that. Getting him around the goal will reward you. Yeah, no, we we know that. So. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Good man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Let's text next week. Good. Give my best to everybody. All right, you too, my man. Great right. talking. This was fun. Yeah, good. Thanks for doing this. All right, see ya.